I'm Christina Torres, and I'm on a mission to help baby big deal brands embrace their big deal energy, aka the vibes, verbal strategy, and customer experience that makes them unlike anyone else in the market. So many of my clients have that thing, that thing that draws people to them, but it feels kind of elusive and pretty hard to nail down. Add to that, they're wildly creative, crazy busy, and have a hard time fitting into traditional strategic marketing boxes. That's a recipe, my friends, for a whole mess of wildly talented people burning bright and then burning out. That's where I and this podcast comes in, helping brands like yours move out of the fake it till you make it and into the be it while you make it with a blend of systems, gorgeous customer experience, and bold, easy to design messaging advice from me and the occasional biz bestie. So best regards to burnout and half-baked messaging and say hello to big deal energy vibes, bank accounts, and boundaries. Let's go. Hey friends, welcome back. Um, This is a special one and I haven't done a part two, three, whatever series like this in a minute, but I think it's very much needed. And we are so excited. I promise it's not a copywriter because it's always a copywriter. (laughs) Um, But we're we're mixing it up. We have the amazing Coley James on with us. And you're going to love it because I'm always telling you about automation and systems. And what are we going to do when we get the people in here? Mm -hmm. So Coley's on here today to tell us we're going to have a, a nice conversation, and it's not going to be just me preaching by myself. <laughs> We're going to have someone who is an expert and understands both messaging and front end and back end and how it all ties together. Um, so welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Christina, thank you for having me. Listen, I pretend that I'm a copywriter on the internet all the time. So we can still totally be copywriting friends. No one will ever hire me for copy because I can only write copy for myself. But I do pretend to be a copywriter when I'm giving my systems clients advice on how to make the copy inside their client experience CRM sound better. Amen. Amen. So um, we did a little intro on your podcast, why don't you introduce yourself to to my audience? All right. Hello, everyone. I am Coley James. And as Christina said, I am not a copywriter. I am a systems guru. I like to make your CRM do all of the automated things that you hate doing. I save you time in your money by automating and streamlining your processes, mostly through automated communication. But the reason that Christina and I are chatting today is because I feel so passionate about people carrying through a great client experience from your website to the back end of your business. We spend so much time making the front end of our business look great, your social media, your website, whatever. We make all of that look really great. And then we get to the back end when we're actually asking people for the money and it's not the same experience. And so that is what I like to prevent happening to you. So let's just start there. Why do you think that's so important? Because I feel like the entire client experience is how your client is viewing you and what they're getting from you. And that happens before you ever say a word to them. Like 
I mean, when's the last time you hired someone for something, Christina? I mean, the minute that you want to hire someone, you want to know everything about them and the offer that they have. You're looking them up on LinkedIn. You're seeing if they have a podcast. You're reading about them on all their socials, their website. And then when you actually contact them and you are super excited about learning more about how they can help your business, and then the entire experience falls flat. Like you don't get a response to your email for days. When you do, it's very bland. Like on the website, they seem like this really great energetic person. And then they sent you emails that sound like, thank you for your inquiry. I will get back to you in 24 to 48 hours. Thank you. Like it's just, it's not a cohesive experience. And so what I like to tell everyone is, the person that they met on the internet should be the same person that is selling them on the offer once they inquire. So make sure that those two people are the same. Yeah, no, I love that. I think I'll bring it back to like the dating analogy. So like, it's not like you, and this happens quite a bit, but we want to keep the romance alive, right? Like you don't want to be dating for a few weeks and then like you finally commit to each other and like everything is like date night is whack. Like it's just, I'm not even having date nights anymore. We're not, you're not courting me the same way you did in the beginning mm -hmm. of the process. And it can, at least for me, um, and I try to like, even I was like, I don't even care if you actually maybe write these the first time around, they sound good and people like them, copy and put it in there. But like, it, it just, it's just strange. It's just strange to fall off yes. of like, you loving me now that I've given you my money <laughs> and it can feel a little like, Oh, you just okie doked me. Yeah. You know, like you just, you over promised and maybe you didn't, maybe you, maybe you, maybe the offer is amazing. Maybe the service is amazing. Maybe the product is amazing. But like once I bought from you, I stopped hearing from you. Mm -hmm. Or once I booked the call, I didn't hear from you again until I showed up on the call. Right. Or like there was just something, like you said, it fell flat. Like, oh, not an acuity link. Like, <laughs> not just an acuity link. It was just like reschedule or cancel. And you're like, hmm, okay, I guess. Hopefully the next pause. But I feel like it does have this, this over-promising, yes. under-delivering, at least in the personality and the safety department. Maybe not necessarily the actual offer because we haven't maybe gotten there yet. Yeah. And I mean, I do feel like people don't want to feel let down. Like some people are legitimately excited to meet you and work with you based on what they saw on the internet. And if you don't carry forward that same enthusiasm when they've actually reached out to do so, when they're actively trying to pay you money, then you are not only doing yourself a disservice, you're doing them a disservice. And I totally realize people are not doing this on purpose. I just feel like people don't realize Sometimes there is a very sharp disconnect between what they found on the website and then when they actually hit send on your contact form. It's like everything after that is very boring. Um, and unless the person, you know, is really keeping up with their communication, sometimes it can just be days. Like, you know, you're really excited. You sent in this inquiry and 24 hours later, you still haven't heard back. And in today's world, we want everything at our fingertips. I mean, think about it. We don't want to wait every week to watch a network television show anymore. Netflix has ruined that for us. Like, I often don't watch shows live so that I can get to the end and binge it all. 
Same. Because I have no patience. And so if you think about the fact that the majority of your clients feel the same way too, it makes you want to put just a little bit more effort into, if you will, whining and dining them once they've indicated they're interested in your services. Yeah, 100%. Do you think some of it has to do with, and I think when I first adopted a CRM system, like you don't realize how many touch points in there and you kind of start updating them and then more touch points happen. And then you're just like, F it. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just not going to care. Or you don't really realize how many like things are really happening behind the scene in your CRM. Um, you know, you update what you can see and then you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I would want this to happen. Do you think some of it is a little bit overwhelmed and definitely is there a way to get over this there overwhelm is. of the CRM? So I'm going to give you guys my like systems magic answer here. The key to having great systems is that you don't start with the CRM. You start literally with a piece of paper and a pen. So you think to yourself, okay, I've got this contact form on my website and we can talk about ways to help your contact form do some of the work for you. But let's just assume that you've got this contact form and someone has filled it out. Regardless of your CRM, if you were meeting them in person, what would you want to do? You would want to say hello. You would want to introduce yourself. You may ask them questions about themselves, their business, etc. That is what your email that automatically gets sent when someone inquires with you should say. It should feel very conversational. It should tell yeah. them about you if you need to. It should remind them of what your offer is. And it should also ask them a question. I feel like that's the part that people leave out and it's what doesn't make the beginning of this relationship conversational is you should ask them, how long have you been in business? You know, what made you reach out to me today? Those are really like simple questions to get the conversation started until you have a chance to review inside of your CRM what they said on the contact form and formulate a plan for how you can help them best. Now, I know I said I wasn't going to mention your CRM, but that's where you start. The email that responds to their inquiry. And then again, if you wanted to move forward with them outside of your CRM, what would you do next? Do you want to answer any questions that they asked you? Do you want to actually make an offer? Do you have services that require you to do a consultation call first? All of these are very standard things that go as a next step in like the inquiry process. And even though I can probably tell you how to automate all of it, you can either automate it, you can do it in like a semi-customized way, but all of it should still ooze with the same personality that they met on your website. And guys, Christina and I have very big and loud personalities. I'm not saying that you have to have one. But again, I am saying that whoever you were on the internet before they inquired should be the same person that they're talking to on the other end of the contact form. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like if you find yourself, you're like, what is it, like yogi and you're super ethereal and so is your copy (laughs) or you're like kind of dry and sarcastic. Like I love to, I I love what I can tell if someone's British on a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on a CRM because they're just so snarky and mean. And I'm like, yes, I love it. Um, oh, that's so good. Now, is there, and I feel like I've I've maybe e- eavesdropped on this and I'm just thinking in my, like, my listener's head is that 
Sometimes I'm not super incentivized to update the CRM because it's just so ugly and I can't really figure out. And it depends on which one, right? I think I heard you, I heard you talking a lot of smack about 17 hats, but. Is that what you have, Christina? Yes, I have 17 hats, but I love it. But I figured out how to customize it, but do you know how much heart, (laughs) how much time it took to figure that out? Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear your point of view. The fact that you said that you love the British people explains your choice of CRM. I do feel like 17 hats is like, so here's the thing though. I I do want to put this little caveat in there. I feel like at the end of the day, I do not care what CRM you use. You should use the CRM that's going to force you to go in there. Now, I will say a lot of the things that I talk about, Christina, on my own podcast and with my clients, you literally cannot do in 17 hats. I'm sorry. Like you can't make your proposal and your quote look beautiful. You can't include you know, sample, well, actually you could include sample copy, but like you couldn't include like a sample mock-up of what it would look like on someone's website because you can't add photos to your quote. So I do just want to put it out there. You are limited by the CRM that you choose to Mm. use. And so with Christina using 17 hats, she is still going to be able to infuse personality But amazing for her, since she's a copywriter, she's going to have to do it with words. She cannot add gifts to emails. She cannot add images inside the quotes. And so you are limited by the visual aspect. You're not going to be able to do that part. But there is still tons of room for you to add the personality and make it conversational inside of the words that you have in your communication emails. You can still do that. Okay. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. And I think you just kind of hit a point, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out, are you a super visual person? Yes. Right? Is your business a super visual business? Yes. Right? My business is not very, it's visual in the sense that like, yes, part of my messaging or mission is big deal energy, editorial, like mm-hmm. we treat ourselves like a big girl business and therefore my content looks like big girl content. That's different. Great. But like you said, most of my personality is going to come in the copy, the actual messaging in my subject lines. I could put emojis and stuff. I have found a way to do a GIF, but it's not as easy. Like you have to be able to, are you a coder? No. If if you've never had MySpace, you can't figure it out. (laughs) Um, If you've never decorated a MySpace thing, then don't worry about it Um, because it is. And then sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like sometimes I have to like really go there and look at it. But I think to your point, you have to figure out what your brand really needs Mm -hmm. from the customer experience. Are your customers more visual people? Yes. I mean, but Christina, literally until you said that, I had never really thought of someone that I was like, it's okay that you have 17 hats because I move a lot of people from 17 hats into Dubsado or the occasional HoneyBook because both of mm. those CRMs are very visual. But I just want to say upfront, I mostly work with photographers. And so for us, right. the visual aspect right. is more important than almost anything else that you can put on the table. I will say with 17 hats, you do have decent automations. And so one of the things that I still find, like if I'm going to give you a tip 
for all of your people okay. out there. Um, the one thing that I find- Just me, the only person using 17. Okay. <laughs> well, regardless of what CRM you use, even right. if you are a Dubsado user, the one thing that I find that many people do over and over again that is actually creating booking friction is you are sending the quote separate from the contract, separate from the invoice. Mm. It comes down to you don't know that you can connect all three of those in any CRM that you are using in order to make it a one-step process. Like they accept your offer, they sign your contract, they pay you money. That should be able to be done with one single email in less than five minutes in any CRM that you're using. But a lot of people don't know that. Or they falsely think, well, no, like I have to wait and see what they choose on the offer in order to customize the contract. And then I have to yeah. customize the invoice. None of that is true. In your CRMs, depending on what they choose for the offer, you can have the CRM automatically modify the contract using something called smart fields. So when it comes to automation, and like the biggest bang for your buck, I think that automated workflows and communication is great. Every single email that you template, every single email that you put into a workflow to automatically go to your clients so that you don't forget is time saved for you and it increases yeah. the client experience for them. But making sure that you are sending out a proposal or a quote that can be completed in less than five minutes is where you are going to get the highest conversions inside of your CRM. It's where you are going to save the most time because none of us like chasing people. Like if you make the offer and they don't accept it, in some of the CRMs, you can automatically follow up. In 17 Hats, you can create the workflow, but you have to click the checkbox in order for it to resend it, which is okay, because at least yeah. you're still keeping track and you right. know that, okay, if I click this button, it's going to resend it to them and just remind them that you made the offer. So number one tip for everyone is if you're using a CRM, make sure that you have the quote or the proposal attached to the contract, attached to the invoice so that you reduce the booking friction and get paid as fast as possible. Hey, are you enjoying Best Regards so far? Have some feedback for us? Want us to talk about a certain topic? Want to be featured? Well, go ahead right below in our show notes. and We have a link. I'm pretty sure it's give feedback, get featured. <laughs> um, and you can go ahead and leave us your reviews, your feedback, what you'd love to see more of, what you'd love to see less of, and someone you'd love to have featured on the podcast. And that could easily be you, okay? Toot your own horn, all right? Be your own cheerleader. Put yourself out there. <laughs> Go ahead and let us know in the link. It's in our show notes, and we're so happy you're here. Best regards. I don't think, I don't know that I did it on purpose, but 17 hats made it pretty, pretty quick. Nice. It was like, proposal, contract, boop, boop, boop. And I was like, that's great. Good for you. I don't know how I did that. Um, what are some things? Okay. So we're on our back end. We're talking about more like the call and the onboarding. Mm -hmm. Where are we missing the opportunity to A, infuse messaging into our CRM? Mm -hmm. And I'll just leave it there. I want to see what your response is, and then I have a follow-up. I think you're going to love this. Christina, do you know what I want everybody to do? I want everybody to say thank you. That seems really simple. But so many of us are asking our clients to take a step, to complete a form, to do something, 
And then we're not responding with an automated thank you and telling them what the next step is. So for example, for your copywriting clients, if you send them a form to where you're asking them, like, maybe it's just as simple as what's your website? You know, who are you currently working with and what are your offers? Let's say that it's like a really small Mm -hmm. questionnaire. Yeah. Almost every CRM will allow you to send an automated email the moment that the form is completed. But so many people are not doing that inside of their CRM. And so that automated email can have personality. It can confirm that you accepted or that you received their completed form because how many of us do something and we're like, oh my God, did they get it? Like, should I do it again? Should I send them an email and make sure that they got it? So you are doing a service to your client by sending this automated thank you because now they know that they did what they were supposed to do. And then the other thing that that email should do is tell them what comes next. If you need a week to review that form, tell them. If you will be contacting them to schedule a planning meeting or a copy meeting, whatever it is that you call it, tell them that. Your client should never wonder if you receive something and your client should never wonder what the next step is. Every single email that you send in your CRM or honestly that you send manually should tell them what the next step is so that they are not wondering. Anytime your client wonders about something, it raises their anxiety and it actually can hurt the way that they feel about working with you. Oh, I love that. I love that. That makes sense. Yeah, and I think I there's so many things that like I feel like oh, good job, Christina. And I think it's mostly because I have a lot of anxiety. I've also have been an executive assistant for most of my career, mm-hmm. and those people don't have time to like guess. Did you do the thing that I told you to do <laughs> in the email? Yes. So really having to hold people's hand and be like, "This is what I did, and this mm-hmm. is what's gonna happen next." And like, if we hit a wall, well, don't worry, here are some solutions. So I've always kind of have to be like a little solution and handholdy my whole mm-hmm. career. And I think it's helped me there. Um, I feel like maybe, let's say you have on, on onboarding on point. I love the thank you. This is what's going to happen next. I feel like, and maybe it's just me and it, <laughs> I'm sure it's not, but I could probably be doing a lot better with my offboarding. Yes. Like, I feel like my offboarding messaging is, and my communication in, (laughs) my communication during, like I said, very, like I have a very pragmatic, maybe even post-traumatic stress disorder about giving people as much details and letting people knowing where I'm at. So they have the best experience without feeling like, all right, Christina, leave me alone. You told me I would have my weekend to myself and you keep slacking me. Mm -hmm. Um, Find that balance. But I feel like my off. And I, yeah, I think I get a little, I know what I need to do during, I know what I need to say during, and you know what I need to do during, I know what I need to say at the beginning. I don't know what to say, and I'm sure I'm not alone at the end, right? Without feeling like, okay, you love me, hire me again, bye. So the first thing that I want everyone to ask themselves in order to, you know, make a very valuable offboarding process, not only for yourself, but for the client is number one. How do you expect them to work with you again? If you don't, 
then maybe you can skip this part. But if you have like back end support, if you think that your clients are going to need to revisit their copy in six months, you should actually build that into your offboarding process, both yeah. reminding them of how they can hire you and work with you again. And also like four months down the line, sending an email to them to ask them how it's going. You know, have you put the copy into place? Can you send me a quick link? Tell me what your favorite part was. Any of those kinds of follow-up type of things feel really good to the client, but you're also reminding them that you are still here available to work with them and here's how you do it. So what should they do to work with you again after the original service is completed? The second one has to do with your deliverables. What is your deliverable? In your case, it's probably a copy document, but do you have resources to tell them how to add it to the website, how to use the messaging inside of their um, social media, like how to repurpose it for their emails, all that good stuff. If you don't, now is the perfect time for you to create those kinds of assets, whether it's a quick video that you host on YouTube or it's a hidden page on your website that you know is for your clients only. Like however it is that you want to deliver this like extra bonus of we did all this hard work. Here's how you can easily implement what I did for you into your business with a couple of emails or a couple of reminders. Again, I know what it's like to be handed a copy document and I was like, oh my God, I didn't think about the time that it would take me to actually implement this on a sales page. Like I was overwhelmed and I love creating websites. I paid the copywriter because I didn't have time to write the copy and I didn't think to myself, oh my God, but now I actually have to put it on the website. Like I, I forgot about that. And so like just having like quick reminders would have been fabulous. So again, number one, how can they work with you again? Number two, delivering your deliverables in an easy to digest manner with also some resources and tips for how to implement it quickly in your business. And then the mm -hmm. third one that everyone hates, but everyone should be doing is asking for the feedback. Guys, there are a million reasons why you want to ask for feedback. You want Google reviews. You want testimonials. You want to know what was working in your process and what wasn't. If you do not have a process for collecting feedback, you needed one yesterday. So today, actually create one. Now, there are a lot of really interesting ways that you can create feedback in your business. You can send them a standard email that asks them to reply. You can send them an email with a link to Google reviews for them to just leave you a Google review. You can create a feedback questionnaire inside of your CRM that asks them why they wanted to hire you in the first place, what made them say yes, what was their favorite part of the process, have they used your deliverables yet? Like, There are key pieces of information that you can get in this feedback questionnaire that will help you with your messaging on your social media and your emails that will help you create case studies. And if they say something really juicy, maybe you follow up with them to get a video testimonial if you didn't offer it up front. Now, again, I said there's lots of juicy ways to get feedback. Another one is to send them a video ask where you are asking them questions on video and you allow them the opportunity to write the answer, say the answer, or create a video to give you the answer. But I know it's hard to keep the momentum going, but how you treat them in the offboarding process is directly related to how they will refer people to you 
in the future. Like if yeah. you had an amazing experience up to the delivery and then you just fall off, that's probably what they're going to remember. If their friend says, Hey, I need some copy done. What did you think of working with Christina? Like, should I reach out to her? The more that you do in the offboarding process, the more likely yeah. it is that they're going to be like, Oh my God, Christina was amazing. She is still sending me emails and like, you know, helping me implement. I've never felt so taken care of, you know, and all that jazz. Yeah. That's like my favorite feedback when I hear, I felt so taken care of. I'm like, mm -hmm. thank you. That feels so nice. No, that's really helpful. And I think, um, I don't even know, I as a copywriter who needs feedback, why I would like blank out on that. But no, that's really true. And I think something I like to do, again, my PTSD is like even give them like um, feedback prompts. Because sometimes mm -hmm. you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Yes. What do I say? Like, you know, you love the experience, but you're like, but what is it that they really, you know, you want to help someone. And I think that's really helpful to let people know, like people want to help you make more money too. It's not about like, what is the service you just delivered to me? I want to help, help me help you more because this was such a great experience. But like, if I'm like, tell me, like, if I just say feedback, right? Yes. Um, and to your point, I don't use 17 hats for this part. <laughs> Because I want to put my SpongeBob meme. Like, if you're like two hours later, like you're like, oh, this will take me five minutes to write the feedback, and then you're like, it's been forty five minutes, and you're still trying to figure out like, what's the, what am I trying to tell Christina? So I tell them like, this is a type of feedback I would love to know more about, or that like you don't like. If you don't feel these ways, mm -hmm. then tell me those things, and I think that is really helpful too. So I will say, I mostly work with photographers, and so I highly encourage them to do the feedback process inside of Dubsado if I've set it up for them. I have a yeah. whole template. It asks them specific, how did you feel about the booking process on a scale from one to 10, the actual session? What was your favorite image from the session and why? So we are asking for like specific pieces of information, mm -hmm. but I'm actually going to slightly pivot and say that if I wasn't a Dubsado setup specialist, I would actually do it in Airtable. Here's why you may want to consider sending someone an Airtable form instead of a feedback form inside of your CRM. Okay. That is so that you can look at the aggregate data. Like if you want to see what everybody said in response to this one question, you can do that in Airtable. You cannot right. easily do that in any CRM, not 17 Hats, HoneyBook, Dubsado, none no. of them will let you look at how someone responded to one question all at once. And so if that kind of feedback is important to you, I yeah. would highly recommend that you use an Airtable form. And a lot of people are like, oh, but Coley, I love Google Forms. Yeah, no. Airtable is just so much better for sorting and viewing the data in different ways. If you have not like dipped your toe in Airtable, which Christina, I know that you were thinking about it, but Airtable Even awesome. more, more and more and more. The more you guys talk about it, I'm like, God damn it, just get Airtable. <laughs> just have someone help me set it up. I know what I want it to do, but I don't. But I think that's a great, that's a great point is to have it in that way and not in like Google Forum and having all these different... I don't know. Yeah. Things, all this different tech, hopefully talking to each other and God knows if it really is. Um, what are some other, what are some other big gaps in messaging in terms of automation and customer experience? Do you think we're maybe missing some of the mark on some of those opportunities? Guys, when you invest in that much money in your copy for your website, 
please don't let it go to waste. <laughs> I guarantee you some of the headlines that she's written, like your about me section, you can reuse a lot of that inside of your CRM. I feel like a lot of people are scared to use the same copy from their website inside their CRM because they're like, no, I mean, they would have already seen that. Y'all, I have a really good memory. I'm going to remember <laughs> that one testimonial that you had on your website. And not only that, but like I would say that only 20 to 30% of the people who come through and actually make it to inquire about your services have seen the things that you actually expected them to see. Or even if they did, it's like they were scrolling at a red light and totally right. didn't read that testimonial. And so particularly in the spot when someone inquires with you, but before they've actually paid you money, there are tons of opportunity for you to still sell your services inside of those client experience emails. Like when you're sending them the quote, you in 17 hats don't have a long form proposal that you can add testimonials, FAQs, all that yeah. good jazz. Anyone listening that has HoneyBook or Dubsado, you can actually add all of those things to the proposal or to the quote or to the brochure in HoneyBook. So I wouldn't necessarily right, right. put it inside the email. You should put all of those things inside of the actual offer so that they are reading it as they're accepting and deciding to pay you money. But if you have something like 17 hats and you can't create that, the email where you send the offer is where you can do those things. Remind them of the most juiciest FAQs that will prompt them to say yes. Remind them of the juiciest yeah. testimonial that addresses like the number one objection that you get from people who inquire in your business. Every single time you send an email, you can educate and sell or both. Like it's just yeah. every single email. And so that's what I say. If you've put a lot of time and effort into your website, pick the pieces that are the highest converting that you feel like are aligned most with the buying process and figure out where to insert those inside your forms, inside your client experience emails, inside your CRM. Yeah, that was such a good point. I feel like you can still, and although like I may not be able to do all that fancy stuff, like my proposals are not like, it's not a list of milestones and deliverables. I'm still selling mm -hmm. you. So when I'm saying like, this is what I'll be like delivering, it's still so that you can. Yes. Like I'm still, this is still a place where we're still trying to have this sales mm -hmm. conversation. Even like my, down to my contract, yes, there is some legalese that needs to be straightforward. But there's still a lot of like, once you get to the bottom, there's still a lot of personality. There's still a lot of things that like we can say and some quotables you can add. Like you can make your contract convertible. Like it doesn't have to be super, super legal. It doesn't have to be. And then like, no one even knows what the hell you're talking. Like sometimes I even do that. Like what this what this means is, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Because I'm like, what the heck is that? There's just a lot of legalese and I don't know what you're trying. I feel like I'm being tricked into right so like when i'm saying like you know there's no refunds or at this stage this is when you can possibly get your money back or there's no like i don't have a money back guarantee you don't get your mm -hmm. money back sorry that's not that's not a thing <laughs> that's not how it works that's not a thing happy to maybe work in some edit things or like down to the payment plans right like okay these are the three payment plans but like i have an asterisk like i'm not a monster if you need something different mm -hmm. let me know right this is just simple math for me i don't have time to break down Yes. <laughs> I can't. I'm not your accountant right now. I'm just trying to make this simple for us. So there's a lot of ways that even in those places where we're like, no, I don't want to confuse people. I don't want to like 
personality drunk them into like <laughs> making a decision and they're like wait what am i signing up for this is like this is too cutesy i have no idea what she's saying to me um there is a way to maybe make that process less scary yes. risk mitigation is kind of what mm -hmm. we call right like i want to mitigate the risk i want you to feel comfortable with making this decision and i don't want any buyer's remorse yes. and i think that's kind of like what you're talking about like any commitment remorse in this process even down to like picking a day yeah. <laughs> right. I don't want to feel crappy about picking this day or not picking this day or picking a day that's sooner. Um, so that's really helpful. Is there anything that I don't know, we haven't touched upon? I'm trying to think of what other CRM. I mean, I feel like we need to give ourselves a pat on the back. I think this was a fantastic conversation. I, think it was too. I feel like I've given people a lot of takeaways. Um so just in case you guys need a recap, because I love for people to remind me of what the yes, hell they said. Perfect. So number one, automated lead response. If you are not currently automatically sending a response that gives them more information about you and your services after they inquire on your contact page, please do that immediately. If you are not sending out a proposal or a quote that can be completed in less than five minutes, where you will get the biggest bang for your buck inside your CRM. And then number three, I mean, there are a lot of communications that you send throughout your client experience. But if you write like you talk in every email and you are always reminding them of the next step at the end of the email, I think that you are going to have, you know, a much improved client experience using your CRM after you've listened to these two podcast parts. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I just thought of another question. I don't know if we have time for it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, when you're planning, so like you said, we kind of planned out the automation bit, sort of, right? When you're planning the customer experience, what are like maybe some questions that you should really be asking yourself beyond like, this is when I deliver when, right? What are some other things that maybe you should be like asking yourself that you think maybe we're not. Are we too businessy? Are we thinking too much about the transaction? Is what I guess I'm asking. So we kind of touched on this in part one. I don't think I don't think so. If you haven't listened to part one on the Business First Creatives podcast, which is my podcast, please go back and listen. Uh, Christina said a little bit about making sure that you don't fall off so that after, you know, they've booked you, they don't hear from you until, you know, you get on the services call or whatever. I think that one gap that lots of people have is the space between when they've paid you money and when you hop on the call. Now, if you have client questionnaires, if you have natural touch points where you need the client to do something, then you can check in with them there. But there are some of us that don't need to do that. Like they book you and you literally don't have to have a conversation with them until you hop on the call. But if people take like their features and benefits and that kind of thing from their copy and they make a carousel post on social media that it has like a highly converting reaction for their services, maybe you write them an email in between when they hired you and when you actually do the service to let them know, hey, and after we've completed the service, this is one of the things that you might want to do in order to implement your messaging and your copy in other aspects of your business. Yeah. They are going to feel super taken care of. And I think that's important to like elevating your client experience. Perfect. Beautiful. Mic drop. Boom. So great. 
I'm glad we were able to connect the worlds. They both matter a lot. And I don't know why we wouldn't, but like you need words. You know, we want to lull people into having a really great time with us and vice versa. And it could be a place like even your your podcast reminders, like there's so much fun and it can it can make the waiting, which is not very fun, <laughs> to be quite honest, um, <laughs> just a lot more palatable. Um, and you're like, oh, I have all my things. I don't feel like I'm lost. I don't, you know, and no one wants to let, no one wants to get let down. But I also think clients don't want to let you down either. Mm-hmm. They want to be the good student. They want to make sure they came prepared to the thing. They want to, they don't want to feel like they missed the ball on anything. So I think they, they both work hand in hand. It's about like you want to give as much as you want to give a good customer experience as a client. You also want to be like a good client experience. Yes. And maybe because I'm a service provider, like I don't want to be a pain in the ass. Yes. Client. Like I want to do what you're telling me to do. Like I want to be really, you know, great for you too. I don't want you to be like, oh God, there goes Christina come through my <laughs> CRM again. <laughs> Run away. Run away. Anyway, no, that was so good. Um, I could think of a million other things, but our time is up. Where can everyone find you, Coley? So I'm going to say my website first. Otherwise, Christina might get mad at me. So you can find me. <laughs> you can find me on <laughs> coleyjames.com and find out all about me and the services that I offer for system setups. I am most active on Instagram when I feel like it, and that's at Coley James. Of course, you should have listened to part one of this podcast series on my podcast, Business First Creatives. But if you didn't, please go over and subscribe. That's it. Yes, 100%. Thank you so much. um, And we'll catch you guys next time.